The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Hello and welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox and Will Brinson here, joined by Emery Hunt and Alex Selznick today, a.k.a. Prop Stars. If you missed the last episode, we talked about Jonathan Taylor news with our friend Lee J. Doosable, as well as some season-long player props. You can catch that episode on YouTube or the audio version wherever you get your podcast. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss another episode and uh, hit the like button while you're at it as well. Today, we are breaking down preseason news and claiming it nonsense or reality. And we're going to give some superlatives to number one draft picks based on their preseason play thus far. And then you know it, you got some week three preseason, excuse me, bets coming your way, fellas. Uh, Lovely to see you on a Thursday. It's kind of, I mean, we're like less than two weeks out from week We're literally two weeks away from the NFL starting. And, uh, And just one week. From uh, NC State going up to uh, Stores, Connecticut, and beginning a season-long parade of disappointment in my life. (laughs) How affected are you by by NC State sports? (laughs) Embarrassingly affected. Okay. Like a row Tar Heels. (laughs) Stupid clip. I don't know why I agreed to say that. Um, (laughs) There was something Carolina was doing. Oh no, it was like Carolina like needed to do to win to to. So like for something good to happen to stay on the Tar Heels. That's what, that's what was happening there. I was, I don't root on the, I like, it's pretty rare for me to root on the Tar Heels, but um, (laughs) yeah, like, uh, yeah, I guess you haven't, um, man, you're going to, you're in, you haven't, you you haven't, wait, you, when when we invariably lose, when NC State loses a back breaking game to like Wake Forest, you're going to see me on Monday and I'm not going to be very nice on the podcast. I'm going to be like, hi, hello, Katie. What's up? How are we doing? Well, I, I look forward to that, Brinson. That sounds oh, it's like real a lot of fun. Uh, Emery, is there a team that that does that to you? There is. Um, the Raging it, Cajuns. I, they they really don't you know affect my mood like <laughs> that. I just, I'm just glad to see them do well. Uh, but it it what really bothers me is when 
our rivals, uh, and there's two of them. Mm. Um, there's UL Monroe and or Louisiana Tech. Now, mm. Louisiana Tech is a little bit more ornery, but UL Monroe is like when they win, it's like, damn, like we let these dudes beat us, you know, and that's the <laughs> one thing. Um, but this year, we don't have to worry about none of that. You know, we're going undefeated. So, I mean, oh, see y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, a, like if we beat, if we, if NC State beats UConn on Thursday to open up the season, uh, week ne- ne- a week from today, and then Carolina, North Carolina loses to South Carolina in Charlotte on Saturday. Like I'll be like I'll be moonwalking into the podcast on Monday, like, just like, <laughs> like peacocking I around. Use, I, I will I will say this though. I in, in quick side story, yeah. my my college thesis, oh. um, was we had it was a, my communications thesis was taking a natural phenomenon, which was the theory of locus of control, where mm-hmm. We believe outside forces control our everyday life. This is a plot twist. And tie it to something that happens in real life and see if the two connected. So I took Mm. that theory and when the Saints won a loss, how good my week was. And it was, (laughs) I said, it was over 2000, the 2002 season. And it was like when the Saints won, I I seemed like I passed all my tests. Yeah. You know, I found money on the ground. I remember one time the Saints lost to the Vikings on that stupid. Fumble two point conversion when they had the gold jerseys on. Yeah, yeah. And I went, I took a nap, and my roommate woke me up. He was like, Bro, somebody broke in our cars. First thing I said was, <laughs> the Saints lost. Like, I was like, so that, that's that used to affect my mood yeah. uh, heavily. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when the 49ers lost the last two Super Bowls, uh, you couldn't really talk to me for <laughs> about a week. Like, I was just totally, completely unhappy but i also have this weird thing interesting to your thesis and this is probably this is totally not true you know how sports fans we come up with these like weird uh good luck things or th- yeah. we find meaning and all these strange things if i see 49s everywhere like i'll go on twitter and be like oh this was posted 49 minutes ago or this was posted 49 seconds ago or whatever then i'm like we're gonna win we're gonna win i said seeing 49s everywhere um Saw a lot of that before the NFC Championship game, so kind of kind of debunked that theory. But uh, prop stars, you're an Eagles fan. Is that who ruins your mood? Yeah, I'm a diehard Philadelphia four by four fan. My mood largely hinges on sort of the state of the professional franchises in Philadelphia, so that's going to dictate kind of how happy I am. But obviously, it's been some good times recently being an Eagles fan, so no complaints there. <laughs> um, I, by the way, I just want to point out real quick while we're doing banter, and this yeah. relates to the Phillies. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys saw my, uh, interactions with Colts fans on, uh, on Wednesday, on Wednesday night or not. Um, but I, somebody was like, for some reason they got on, like onto the, onto my height. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> the great state I, of North Carolina, right? Exactly. So like, <laughs> look, uh, somebody Googled, okay. I want to, I want to point out one thing here. Yeah. Let's Colts, set this okay. record straight, Brinson. Uh, well, no, 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 no. We'll, get to, we'll get to the official measurement in a second, but I will say <laughs> that a Colts fan, Thought he was getting me, getting Ooh. me good because he's like he Googled Will Brinson height. He's like, ah, you're 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 five seven. If you're Googling Will Brinson height, you're the biggest loser on planet Earth. Which, yeah. And I was like, I like I was like so caught up in it. I forgot today. Last night was Wednesday, not, not Tuesday. This guy Googled. Will Brinson height. I am a man of average stature and standing at a height of five foot seven inches, approximately one point seven meters. This is an old. Bruh. This is why I grew a beard. Somebody said I look like a thumb. No, no, thumb bro, with you a look, hairy thumb. You look um, like a a a, uh, a classic eighties, early nineties. Um, frat bro. 
frat bro that work on Wall Street. That's a you know what. Mm. That's the perfect description. Like a AKA a thumb. Like a douchebag or like like what, what are you was like a, also known as I didn't a know hairy you, thumb. Yeah. Uh, a hairy thumb. Uh, yeah, it's actually funny. I was up in uh, and then yeah, as you can see, the great the great state of North Carolina uh, has me listed at five nine. Wow. Hazel eyes, accurate. Hair brown, accurate. Sex male, accurate. How could the height possibly be wrong? It's not like I gave him a number when I went to the DMV at age 16 and haven't bothered to correct the record since. That didn't happen. As far I as can you know. vouch for you to your height, too, because we are the same height. I might be a, a half inch taller than you. And are you 5'9"? Yeah. I, mean, I think I actually might be 5'9". I like The other thing, too, is like I'm not six feet tall, so I don't care. Mm. I'm not 5'3". I'm not 5'5", five five, which is for a dude, as you know. like Because I don't I mean, like, look, I'm not six feet tall. I'm not over six feet tall. I know I'm under, and that's all I really care about. I'm not Prisco, and I'm not six feet tall. Like that's pretty much Ryan my concern with four two. Ryan Wilson, like five three. Yeah. Oh, Ryan Wilson in the chat here saying that's when Brinson was doing roids, and then uh, Emery throwing some bombs back at. I think. Uh, I, I think. Do you think? Do, yeah, roids. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big roid guy. I'm not. I'm not sure. I probably. I. I probably count on one hand the number of times I bench pressed anything. Like, that's how roidy I am. <laughs> all right. Well. Um, Anyway, Colts, uh, Colts fans, like, arguing with Colts fans is like arguing with a bowl of vanilla ice cream. Like, it's not that fun. Mm. They're not even clever. And they're just, it's just sort of annoying. It's just it, like, get lost, dudes. Like, why are you out here caping up for Jim Ursay? Like, he's doing anything good with this franchise. My God. Well, I think you might have just made it worse there. So I, I will look Probably. forward to seeing uh, what all the tweets say to you today. On that note, guys, let's get into the show today. And uh, our friend Jeff Kerr wrote an article on CBSSports.com, which you can find about some overreactions to some of the preseason news. So we thought we'd take a look at some of these and say nonsense or reality. Now, this first one is not in his article, but it is relevant. The Niners announced that Sam Darnold Darnold will be QB2, not Trey Lance. Lance was not at practice yesterday, and there were reports that the Niners have been shopping him around all preseason long, uh, though in an interview, Shanahan mentioned that he would like to keep Lance on the team this season. So, Emery, I'm going to start with you. Nonsense or reality that Trey Lance will never take another snap for the Niners? So final. Mm. Um, but I'm going to say that is reality. Uh, yeah. because there is a type for Kyle Shanahan. It's, it's not the super talented type. It's a guy that is, you know, average skill set that he can make look like a quarterback genius by having him throw dump offs off play action in the flat, right? Time out, time out though. But he drafted him. He went and found that exact person that you're oh, talking no, about. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. He drafted him late, but he also drafted the guy that is going to be on the out third overall. But then it also, when this shows that this guy may not be ready to go, then you start to hear stuff leak out about how, oh, I wanted this guy, I wanted that guy. Yeah. Like I, I think this is a reality. Um, I hate how teams leak out these negative reports about players. The and Matt then Jones the stuff started with the Niners. It's like, oh, like, exactly. Oh, what a Mac. It's like, you can just right. sit there and take it, Mac. And now they got Purdy, and now they don't want, they didn't want Mac anymore. But they leak all these negative reports out about a player. Only to then turn around and say, "Well, we want value for that. We want some picks in return." Yeah, but like, yeah, wait, yeah. you just trashed him. Cut yeah. him and let him go. I'm yeah, not giving yeah. you nothing. You know, yeah. so this is reality. Brinson. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think 
I think, and I, I mean, I wrote this, so like, I guess I like, I mean, I think like, I literally wrote this sentence, right? And like, sure, never take another snap. And I think that's the interesting one here. Um, I didn't think about this when I was writing it clearly. Uh, but like, I like, I think he'll take another snap because man, the Purdy just with the injury he's coming off of, you know, just the nature of football, the number of quarterbacks we've seen. I mean, they, they changed the freaking rules in the NFL for the 49ers because they had to play, they, they run out of quarterbacks in the AFC Championship game. It was like I thought they should have gone with McCaffrey, at, at, like McCaffrey with the yeah. He was a, he was switching out his helmet. I thought they yeah. were going to go for it too. Yeah, exactly. And so like I, I just think that they're with because of just like that the nature of that. I would I would I would guess that he would probably take another snap. But I think if Brock Purdy is healthy and Sam Darnold is healthy, then Trey Lance is probably taking his last snap for the 49ers, which is wild to think about. Uh, by the way, the, the compensation that the Dolphins received, prop stars, yeah. for yeah. in the picks that were taken, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and Bradley Chubb. Would those players be good? Would those players help a team at all? Certainly would help a team, Brinson. Yeah, I'm more inclined to lean towards this being uh, nonsense. Uh, obviously, he's going to be showcased in this preseason game against the Chargers. I think if he goes and balls out, has a really impressive performance, then there's a scenario where uh, maybe San Francisco receives a second-round pick, a conditional pick, something along those lines. If he kind of has a mediocre, ho-hum performance, then I really think San Francisco would benefit for those reasons uh, that you listed, Brinson. Look at last year as a great example. San Francisco could have used three quarterbacks in the NFC Championship, even in the regular season as well. So just having those healthy bodies, familiarity with the system, coupled with the fact we know San Francisco is contending. If they were in a scenario where they were rebuilding, I could see them uh, more willingly uh, open to moving Lance. But considering uh, kind of, you know, the position, how important it is, having a guy familiar with the playbook, I think it benefits them on, on a friendly contract to at least be here one more year, unless they get totally blown over with a really solid offer, which I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, I agree with prop stars on this one. One, I think, look, yeah, they're trying to shop them. They're trying to see what the interest is. And to your point, Emery, yeah, it's kind of hard when you trash someone um, to go along and then shop him. But at the same time, I don't think they're going to get whatever it is that they're expecting for him. Uh, so I do think he is going to stay uh, on the on the 49ers team this year. And to all of the people on Twitter that are like, oh, the Niners are just giving up on him. They never gave him a chance. I will remind you. He was QB1 last year over Jimmy Garoppolo. It's unfortunate that he got hurt, and it's unfortunate for him that Brock Purdy did so well. But the Niners did give him a chance. They were willing to make him QB1 and take all of those hits last year. Uh, and then just the circumstances are super, super unfortunate for someone like Trey Lance. But I I don't Dude, think he got banished gonna... to the practice field. Remember that last offseason? Yes. Dude, he was like out there throwing footballs by yes. himself. With like, yes. He's like, not like, he yes. couldn't talk to anybody. He's just like, like, I'm sad, Jimmy G, like throwing balls at like a net. Right. <laughs> and and so it's, it drives me crazy. And people are like, oh, they never gave him a chance. They yeah. absolutely did. And they, the they gave him the job. They yeah. handed him the job. And he, and he got hurt. And that sucks. But then, like, he had a chance this year. Just go beat out Sam Darnold. Yeah. True. True. Which everyone says Sam Darnold sucks, which I don't necessarily agree. But if that's the case, then why are you placing trade? Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Let's move on to the next nonsense or reality that the Steelers will have a top 10 offense. Kenny Pickett was 9 of 11, 113 yards, two touchdowns, 149.0 rating. Um, the theory here from Kerr is that if Pickett keeps showing his progress, you know, consistently here, that this offense is going to be significantly better and will actually complement the defense. Uh, Prop stars, we'll start with you. Is this nonsense or reality? 
I think this is total nonsense, Katie. I think it's <laughs> going to take an extraordinary leap for Kenny Pickett in order for this Pittsburgh offense to be top 10. I think it's far more likely they're a bottom 10 offense. Looking at the offseason, the big move as far as skill position players were concerned was adding Allen Robinson, who is completely cooked at this stage of his career. Zero separation. I like George Pickens, but uh, Deontay Johnson was one of the most inefficient wide receivers in the NFL over the last three seasons. The offensive line should be a little more cohesive, returning all their starters, uh, but just really unable to open up any running lanes for Najee Harris. Najee Harris looks to me a lot more like Todd Gurley at the end of his career or Trent Richardson. Very little burst, very little acceleration getting to the next level. Just looks more like a plotter to me. Jalen Warren, there's some upside there, but this Pittsburgh offense is slow. They're in a brutal division. Uh, Kenny Pickett's probably the fourth best quarterback in his own division. I think this offense is going to struggle all season long uh, mm. scoring points. So, yeah, I am complete nonsense to me. Emery? <laughs> I, I will say he might be the fifth if you if we talk in DTR. You slide in. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying? But, but this was savvy by Jeff Kerr. I love Jeff Kerr, by the way. He's yeah. a great writer. This is savvy by him because he said top 10 and not top five, which would have been bold. Top 10 gives you a little bit more wiggle room. Yep. I'm going to run through nine teams, and y'all let me yeah, know. That's what I was going to do. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chargers, Ravens, Chiefs, Eagles, Cowboys, Dolphins, Bengals, Seattle, San Francisco. That's nine. You didn't so say Bills. You, you didn't say Bills either. Right, because you have – I got nine. Because you got um, the Steelers' offense on paper. It looks good. But now where do you – do you put them over the Bills, the Browns, no. the Jets, no. or the Packers? No. Right? That's you say, that's you say Jaguars. Do you say Jaguars? I didn't. Oh, say nobody that. said Jaguars. Okay. Yeah. Nobody. Uh, uh, I'm not saying. I'm that just, right now. I, <laughs> so I, I'm looking at. I'm looking at. Um, with, with the Jags, if you want to throw the Jags in there, that's fine too. But that ninth spot or that tenth spot is go, is where you thinking Pittsburgh is. Now that is going to require a ext- like props are extremely extremely, extremely large jump from a guy that threw seven touchdowns and nine picks last year. So <laughs> I, I need to see that happen before I can get on board with that um and top 10 offense man that's that's asking a lot when we're looking at a lot of these already explosive offenses that we that are established and potential explosive offenses that we expect to come into the league so this this will be tough they could have a top 15 offense and still be a really good offense but top 10 Although savvy by Jeff is a little bit too much for me, so I, I think it's nonsense. Yeah, when we do these bold prediction uh, podcasts, it's like it's like always like uh, John Breach's specialty, where he's like finds a way to like say something, and you're like, that's bold, but you're also like, like wait a minute, that's like a loophole there. Well, like <laughs> I don't know that Jeff, like, like I think it's a really good one by Jeff because it's it is bold, but I don't think that it's got I don't think there's a big enough loophole to your point, Emery, um, to expect like you would need a literal leap forward like Kenny Pickett took in college in 2021 when he went from a guy who um, in 2020 and granted, you know, COVID year, but he, he played the full season. So 2020, 2019, he threw completed 61.6% of his passes threw for 3,098 yards is over 12 games, 13 touchdowns and nine picks followed up is his first senior year, just like me um, in, in nine games completed 61% of his passes, 2,400 yards. Remember COVID year, only nine games, 13 touchdowns, nine interceptions. And then in 2021, like how the hell is this the same guy? Cause he completed 67% of his passes for 4,319 yards in 13 games, including the ACC championship for nine, almost nine yards per attempt, 42 touchdowns and seven picks. Like how the hell is that the same guy? Like if, 
if he makes that leap, then this is going to be a top 10 offense. But that sounds that like the anomaly right there, huh? Right. Exactly. Exactly. That sounds like the outlier, right? That gets him drafted the first round. And like, I think it's just really unlikely that he takes that sort of leap in at the NFL level in a difficult division with Matt Canada as his play caller and yeah. some question marks as, as, on the offensive line, although I think they did a pretty good job yeah. revamping it. So I do think there's a good chance this is a top 15 offense, as Emory pointed out, but a top 10 offense is asking for too much of a leap. I will say nonsense. Yes, I agree with all of you on that one. All right, next one. Will Levis should be the backup for Ryan Tannehill and not Malik Willis. Willis played a whole preseason game uh, for the Titans last weekend. He finished 10 of 17 for 85 yards with a touchdown, an interception. It had a 67 passer rating. Kerr says that even with a year of experience, Willis hasn't showcased why he should be the number two quarterback over Levis. Um, we'll start with you, Brinson. Nonsense or reality? Um, so the, the, it, I, I'm making sure that I don't answer, you know, when like you, somebody says, ask you a question, you say like, yes. And you're like, wait a minute. No. And yes. you're like, w -w yeah. Um, Will Levis should not back up Ryan Tannehill. So I will say nonsense. nonsense uh, Malik yeah. Willis. Like I know, I know I'll let, I'll let Emory take the floor here. Cause I, I think that like the idea of like, Will Le Will Levis <laughs> being above Malik Willis, will get like a fire lit under his butt. Just like, <laughs> as we talked about it before, I will say nonsense. Yeah. Cause I, is he healthy now? Cause he didn't play last week because he was hurt. Yeah. My, my dude's out here signing lifetime contracts with helmets, mayonnaise. Like, wait, like, wait, <laughs> like, yeah, like uh, this is what you, I mean, look, get, look, get the bag, bro. Good for you. Get that bag. But like, I don't know that I would be like slamming mayonnaise if I'm trying to be a, like a starting NFL quarterback. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, he's not even healthy enough to compete. If he was competing, they were going toe to toe, you know? So the last image we got of him actually playing ball for the Titans was throwing a game losing interception. Like, what, what are we even talking about here? So it is nonsense because this is the second year um, with this offensive personnel for Malik Willis. He's healthy. And he's been consistent. He played a good game against Chicago, up and down game, having to play the whole game against um, their last opponent, the, the Colts, I believe, or whoever they played last week. Um, so Levis hadn't played enough. And, it, and this is someone coming off of an injury plague senior season and now already is banged up with a thigh injury, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, if reports are, are coming out that he had a, his leg was wrapped, he, even, he didn't even practice yesterday, um, threw a little bit, but didn't practice. Like, no. So it's nonsense. Prop stars. I'm going to personally lean nonsense, although I do think that Levis will ultimately be the backup. Uh, I, I'm with you guys. I've seen enough uh, from Willis to think that he's earned the backup job. He's certainly looked well. He's played well in the preseason, definitely shows a lot more command of the offense. It was rough watching him as a rookie. But, yeah, looks a lot better. Obviously uh, offers a dual threat option as well, which I think is beneficial to the offense. But I just think because of Levis's draft pedigree, uh, he'll ultimately be the backup, coupled with the fact that he's really seemed to have won over a lot of the, his teammates, at least according to a lot of practice reports that might be you know coming out of Tennessee with the hopes that he does win the backup job. But I just think reading the tea leaves here, there's – too much to suggest that Tennessee really wants Levis as the backup. So I think he ultimately will be the backup, although I don't think he's been necessarily earned the job based on his preseason performance. Yeah, we got to get this this mayonnaise in the coffee uh, off of the screen. I, 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 I cannot I look at it. I might throw anymore. up on my microphone. <laughs> <just like, laughs> 
Anthony in the chat uh, very eloquently said, well, Levis probably sucks, but Malik Willis definitely sucks. So a lot of optimism <laughs> there for uh, for the Titans. Next one, Jonathan Taylor won't play for the Colts this season. Colts uh, gave Taylor and his reps till Tuesday to get an offer on the table. Nonsense or reality. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, this is nonsense. He will be playing for the Colts this year. Yeah, I'm with you. Nonsense. I mean, I think what – so I, I – look, I don't want to be – I, I, Stephen Holder has reported that the trade situation, the trade, go get a trade offer came from Chris Ballard. And I think Stephen Holder is a really good reporter and he's covered the Colts for a really long time. And so I'm not questioning that. I, I, I just, I've covered this league for a long time. Watch the Colts pretty, Colts pretty closely. They have Philip Rivers, right? Uh, big Chris Ballard guy. Interviewed, talked to Jim Mercy plenty of times at the owners meetings. Like this, everything about this has Jim Mercy's like greasy fingerprints all over it. Like my man is in the kitchen clanging pots and pans, trying to be a he's just basically being like a fantasy football owner because he's a billionaire with a bunch of guitars and thinks that he can run a football team and he's desperate to like to get to get back the shoe. We've got to get back the shoe. You know how you get back the shoe? You stumble back asswards into another generational quarterback and then underachieve with them. Cause that's what you did with Peyton Manning. The, the Colts are incredible with Peyton Manning, but they won one Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. You got Peyton Manning, you better win more than one Super Bowl. I understand that Belichick and Brady made it, made it, made like tough in the AFC. I get that. But they, they flat out ruined Andrew Luck's career. Like, generational prospect, and they ruined him. And so, like, Ursay, I don't think Colts fans understand it. They fell into two of the four greatest quarterback prospects in the last 40 years. That kind of luck doesn't happen, pun intended. And to – like to act like you're going to like trade away Jonathan Taylor, but we've got like, as, as you pointed out, Emery, like you, it's like, like, I mean, this guy, this guy can be out of the league tomorrow and no one would care. They're like, but we do want a first round pick for him. So <laughs> it's nonsense. He's coming back. But Emery, I mean, come, this is, this is what you were talking about. I think, right. Yeah. It's, it's so nonsense. And is Taylor even healthy? Like every picture yeah. I see him, he limping yeah. around like someone that has not only an ankle injury, but he's walking like his back hurt. That's how I walk when my back hurts. Right. And so I feel like we don't even know if he's healthy yet. They have to understand cooler heads will prevail. He'll be on the team and he'll play at some point during the season for the Indianapolis Colts. Nonsense. I would agree here. I think it's very, I think it's very unlikely that he departs Indianapolis. If this was maybe the year 2000 or 2005, I'd be more inclined to believe that where teams were, you know, investing more in the running back position, but considering they're asking for a first round pick or a second round pick, and then going to have to extend Jonathan Taylor afterwards, when it's very likely his best years are behind him. Uh, teams have smartened up quite a bit. I don't think any team is foolish enough to give them that sort of draft compen compensation and then to go give Jonathan Taylor a large contract. So it'd be a huge error. I think it's very likely he ends up playing this season with the Colts. Yep. Uh, most likely, most likely to play with the Colts. Unless, he, uh, unless he's fooling everybody and has the, the James Harden fat suit on out there walking around. <laughs> that is the greatest, like, it's like the greatest thing on like, planet Earth, man. Harden's like, Harden like, Harden like, you better trade me because I'm fat as hell. <laughs> like, he's, like, he's like, I'll play, I'll play for your team, but I am fat. 
hadn't worked out. I like, like how, how you're so rich and you're in such good shape. Like it's like you know these actors who like can put on thirty pounds before a role. Like James Harden's so rich and in such good shape and just crazy enough to go get fat as hell and demand a trade. I like it. Uh, James Harden, if we were doing superlatives for the NBA, James Harden would be most likely to gain thirty pounds and demand a trade. Um, and we are going to do superlatives, but for the NFL, we will do it coming up next after the break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Driving into the stadium, seeing everybody tailgating, I get that ready-to-go feeling. You know, to walk through the fan section over there and see that many people excited about football, so I'm really looking forward to it. You get away from football for a little bit and then you start missing and you get that itch again. For me, that first catch is everything. Once I get one catch, I'm in the zone. Getting back to football. We can't wait. Can't wait. We can't wait. We can't wait. All right, welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. Superlatives time. Mm. Um, Alex, Emery, Katie, did you guys get any superlatives when you were, uh, I don't even know if we did superlatives at McCall at my, my alma mater Macaulay. You see the, 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 the helmet back there. I'm not yeah. sure that we had superlatives in the yearbook. This is all dudes boarding school, right? To like, you know, like that's not really like a thing that guys do like by the, you know, by themselves. But the, year, like, you need, no, but the yearbook does it. The yearbook. No, no, but you need, that. you need like, I think, yeah, maybe we did. Yeah. I think I was like most likely to cut his own hair or something like that. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> Yesterday, um, Amanda and I on uh, on Spotlight were giving Brenton a hard time because he just volunteered that he cuts his own hair. I, I, just, I don't I don't cut my own hair. I usually uh, Katie Katie G is cuts my hair, um, but I was on uh, HQ or did we do the podcast? I think on Tuesday, and I kept seeing this like my hair's really long right now, and I kept seeing this like mullet creep out of the back, and it was freaking me out. Yeah. And so I kind of like started cutting here and I was like, oh, I cut it here. And I was like, all of a sudden I was like, what are you doing, Will? You're an <laughs> idiot. Like this, you could end up with a rat tail. Uh, and actually it ended up okay. So I was like, I was kind of shocked. Mm-hmm. I was most humorous in high school. Of course. You know I, what? I, I love that. that. I, don't- I was the most athletic. We gave that to uh, Scott Vandermeer, who great friend of mine. Actually, his mom did my knee surgery in high school. He ended up getting drafted by the Tampa Bay Devil Rays at the time. Ooh. So he was a great – he should have been a quarterback. Scott was like Drew Bledsoe. He should have been playing football with us. But uh, he was a great baseball player. But I was yeah. most humorous. I don't remember if I got anything in high school, but in middle school, I was most dramatic. But not not because I actually thought I was dramatic. I think it's just because I was the lead in the play. <laughs> Nah, you were dramatic. I <laughs> think that's what I tell myself. <laughs> uh, Alex, you get anything? 
Superlatives? Uh, I think I was most talkative, actually, or most disruptive I, I, maybe in class. Yeah, I know. I kind of introverted now, but back then I was a social butterfly, so I, think, I, think, I was spreading I mean, my wings often. <laughs> I think that that's, there's probably a pretty good chance that I got something about like most likely to not shut up or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> most likely to end up like Ferris Bueller. That's yeah. what I would say <laughs> is you. But is that is that good or is Good or bad? No, it's good. It just means someone that um, is fun and can talk them. I, I imagine mm. that you talk most likely to get anyway. most likely to talk themselves out of getting in trouble. Yeah, but it's like mischievous. It's not and a like problem with authority as well. Yes, Taylor wasn't bad. I mean, yeah, he was breaking some laws, but it was like. Have you ever seen fun. the theory? Have you yeah. seen the theory about the the Ferris Bueller theory that um, this is this will like change your mind when you see it, and like the best way, the best scene in it is uh, during the parade when Ferris is up there singing um, Donka Shane and then singing mm -hmm. Swish and Shout. But like Cameron and um, and Sloan are walking along the street, and she's like, and like you can kind of see they're like they're like they're like the way they interact is like a little more than just like friends. Mm -hmm. um, the theory is that f it's a Fight Club theory that Ferris is a born out of Cameron's imagination, and all these things never actually happened, mm -hmm. and that's why like Cameron is like. You're lying in bed and he's depressed. He's like, I can't do anything. He's like, Ferris can do whatever he wants. Like, mm -hmm. and she was like, What do you think, Ferris? Like, it's, it's if you watch a movie thinking like that, it. it will blow your mind. I love those like movie theories. Like, uh, Snow Piercer is a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. If you guys yeah, ever heard I haven't that heard one? this. Is that a one? I didn't know. Oh, there's an amazing YouTube video. It's like two hours long breaking down how it's very likely Snow Piercer is a sequel to Willy Wonka. Snow Piercer? Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay, I'm gonna check that. If you think about it, those bars that they eat, there's just all these like oh, yeah. connections. So yeah, 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 they eat these like kind of nameless bars on the back of Snowpiercer. If you saw that movie where they're stuck on this train that's going around, <laughs> plus. I really want to know what Emery's going to get right now. Willy Wonka was also building stuff like uh, inventions as well. So yeah, there's all these various uh, theories about it. So uh, check it out. I am a big philosophy guy. I told you guys that. I don't know if yeah. I did, but I told you guys that. So these are always phenomenal for me. These like. 1984 and philosophy, ah. Dr. Oh, Seuss. Oh, man, Dr. Seuss. The Simpsons, yes. I got a Simpsons one. Neighborhood. Oh, Love it's it. weird to look at these things we all watched as kids and like, damn, that was really deep. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. I'm a big Yeah, that's cool. I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's a great call because like you – and now you would watch it, you're like, oh, my God, like that's amazing, like how they weave the theme in there. Um, but, yeah, like I think – all right, I'm going to check out the Snowpiercer thing. Make sure – but like – Watch the scene where they're walking and like think about it, and you'll be like, "Holy crap!" Now I can Ferris already picture it that he has created <laughs> because like it is like impossible that Ferris would just go up on the. Well, what, know, about like, the what about the sister? What about the sister? Because she's mad at Ferris the whole time. She doesn't really. She's well, but that's really the thing is, you life. never see Cameron's family at all. You never see. You know, you hear about his dad and his mom. You never see a single member of his family, and so like the whole idea is that like okay, you know, he's probably fair. He's. So they stole the Ferrari. It's not Cameron's dad Ferrari. It's some random man's Ferrari in that house. Or it's like Cameron's parents are just Ferris's parents. But like, I mean, like, it, I, I mean, it's 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 a whole convoluted thing. Um, All right, let's. Yeah, we should probably get the superlatives. Yeah. <laughs> most likely to host a podcast and derail. Most likely to derail a podcast. That was my that was my superlative. Uh, my actual superlatives for preseason. Uh, we're doing for. Uh, I screwed up here and didn't realize we we're doing first round draft picks on my second one, but um. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll do it anyway. Don't care. Cool. Uh, oh, I do have one in there. Zay flowers, most mm. likely to become on the field. Antonio Brown. Mm. Um, I don't think anybody else wanted to take Zay. So we're good there. The like that touchdown run he had or the touchdown catch and run he had against the, the commanders on Monday night. Like, well, I mean, this guy's so explosive in short yardage. 
he is like just physically can move his body like the way like people for people we remember Antonio Brown for all the dumb crap he did but like Antonio Brown as a player was an incredible he was going to be a hall of famer and he still could theoretically be a hall of famer based mm-hmm. on his stats he won't get in because the they're, yeah, they're so many outside yeah well but that's not supposed to factor in they will that's why they won't they won't even kick OJ out um crazy <laughs> uh it's not supposed to factor in, but like, it, like of course they're going to make hold that against him. They held it against To, uh, but I'll say, I'll say, I think you watch him play, and uh, I think that's a viable possibility. You guys agree, disagree? Think there's a chance that works? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that anybody wants to be compared to Antonio Brown, but on field, on the yes, field, yes, yes, yeah. yes. On the field, I would absolutely agree. I thought Zay Flowers looked phenomenal. I think he's going to be one of the more productive rookie wide receivers as well. Uh, his skill set just aligns really well uh, with Lamar Jackson. There's a mm-hmm. huge opportunity on that depth chart as well. Really hard to trust Rashad Bateman, who's on just came off the pup list. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't been, you know, hadn't had a a thousand yard season since 2019. So I think he could easily emerge as that second target behind Mark Andrews and just catch a ton of passes over the middle of the field in a new look revamped Todd Munkin, uh, Lamar Jackson led offense. So I think there's a tremendous opportunity for him to be productive right away. I love Zay Flowers this season. Uh, All right. Who's got, uh, who's got a next superlative? Oh, that would be me. Mm -hmm. Jameer Gibbs most likely be the next 1,000-1,000 guy. That's 1,000 yards rushing, 1,000 yards receiving. And if we want to take it a step further, just because Miss Catherine Mox is on the show, hmm. he'll be more consistent of a 1,000-yard rusher than Christian McCaffrey. Because um, I think we kind of assume he, how great McCaffrey is that he is. He does everything. Rusher, I get it. Yeah. But uh, he rushed for 1,000 yards his entire career. But that quietly ain't, ain't the case. Um, but Gibbs to me has that level of I don't need the ball much to make a thousand yards and also the receiving threat as well. Uh, and on the flip side of that, Brian Brissee of the New Orleans Saints would be the how did this guy last to the end of the first round type guy moving forward? Because we remember how he was as a freshman. Yeah. Dominant can play across the front. And then he had the injury against Georgia this, his second season. And then this past year, he was dealing with life issues. His, I mean, and, his sister pa- passed, right? Uh-huh. Right. And it was a, so it was that's, a, that's oh, what it was I mean. His young sister. Young sister died. Sister. Yeah, it was a thing, man. Like, it was a big yeah, – Yeah, that's, a, that's that's hard to deal with. You know what I'm saying? And so well, – and I, and I think, too um, – sorry, I'm not to interrupt you. I just think I was – I heard something. Didn't somebody say that um, he – so he uh, – the game before the first game after his sister died, I think it was a playoff, a college football playoff game that they played at um, the Superdome. And mm-hmm. so he was like, like floored when the saints ended up drafting him. Like that's where he's going to play his uh, football because like, he like thinks about her yeah. in, in that setting, which I think is just really fascinating. That's and when you, when you, when you have to deal with that in recovering from injury, a knee injury, like that's a lot. So him getting back healthy mentally and then physically, this is still a top eight talent, in my opinion, mm-hmm. along the defensive line. So I expect him to have that significant jump uh, in his play. And people will be like, man, how do you last so long? I like it. And I actually, I don't, I don't hate the the Christian McCaffrey kind of comparison or, or put over. I have a superlative a little bit later that kind of trumps McCaffrey as well. What you oh. got, Alex? 
Yeah, I've got two. I got Rishi Rice to potentially lead all rookies in receiving yards. I think this guy is going to end up as Patrick Mahomes' number one receiver. Obviously, we know Travis Kelsey is the guy in that offense, but there is a huge opportunity for Rishi Rice, who has looked very good in the preseason. 13 targets, 11 catches, 126 yards through two games. He's been heavily featured. The Chiefs have also been utilizing him all over the formation as well. They've had a couple screen passes, a pop pass where he was coming across the formation in motion. So I'm loving the way they're being creative and utilizing him in that Andy Reid offense. Also, if we look at this Chiefs depth chart, there is a massive opportunity for him as well. Kadarius Toney has had one good NFL game in his career, plus has never stayed healthy, already dealing with injuries. Sky Moore, who was thought to be, uh, you know, emerged last year as a rookie, has done nothing uh, despite being given every opportunity. Juju Smith-Schuster obviously vacated this offense as well as McCole Hardman. So there is a tremendous opportunity for 100-plus targets for Rice to step up and emerge as a guy for Mahomes. So I think he has a potentially a high floor with a just monstrous ceiling uh, if he continues to develop. So I love his chances to potentially uh, be that guy, lead all rookie wide receivers in receiving yards. You can find this, gave this out actually on a former podcast. We did a close to 20 to one odds, still available there. Uh, then I'm going to talk about Emmanuel Forbes, potentially being defensive rookie most, of the year. Most, most likely to be the namesake of this podcast because he is a pick six machine. He is a pick. That's so appropriate. I, I believe he has an NCAA record, six defensive touchdowns, uh, 14 interceptions. That was in the SEC. That obviously translates right away. If you guys watch the Super Bowl of preseason games, which I certainly did, uh, the Commanders versus the Ravens a few nights ago, he had a play, a third and one play, Melvin Gordon on a sweep, came up, tackled him in the backfield, blew the playoff, super impressive. Not something you assume a corner is going to really uh, do. So that was a great sign. I think he's really endearing himself to that commander's defense, which quietly was a top 10 defense last year, uh, gave up the fourth fewest passing yards in the league. They have a very good secondary on paper. He's going to start at corner. I think he's going to be tasked with slowing down AJ Brown, slowing down CD lamb. He's going to get his hands on some balls. I think some quarterbacks are going to test him and they're going to find out really quickly how this kid has elite playmaking skills. I think he has a great shot to be defensive rookie of the year. Reminds me from an attitude perspective, a lot of sauce Gardner who won the award last year. So those are two rookies that I absolutely love who I think are just headed for huge things coming into the season. I love it. Uh, Katie, do you, I've got one more. It's not a rookie, but even yeah. a first round pick. Do you mean to give it out or do you mean to, uh, would you like me to go or do you just want to take over the uh, whole thing here? Will? <laughs> You go. By the way, we're just, I'm just kidding. I'm just that kidding. That was good, though. That was good. That yeah. was a good. I was like, I actually blushed a little bit. Um, <laughs> I felt like I scared you. <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, wow. She, I was like, wait, she's. I thought you, I, how, how am I falling for this? No, no. I ain't gonna lie. I'm getting cooked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you were gonna laugh there. And then when I saw your face, I was like, oh no. That no, no, I leaned into it. I leaned into it. Um, all right. So I have, yeah, yeah. Well, I can, I can be scary. All right. Will Anderson Jr. Most likely to sing the national anthem at a future hall of fame game. Uh, this is obviously just a DeMarcus Ware comparison, both, you know, on the field and off the field. We've seen just a small sample size, um, of what Anderson can do, but 
I mean, I think we can all agree that he belongs in the starting lineup, you know, come week one. If you look at his very first uh, preseason game, he recorded a 92.1 pass rushing grade, uh, 12 pass rush reps, uh, one sack, one pressure. But not only that, I just think his personality. You heard Nick Saban say all these great things about him, how he's one of his favorite players, how he wishes everybody could emulate him. And really, DeMarcus Ware had that same, you know, really popular personality. He was a favorite amongst amongst everyone. So uh, that's mine. Love it. Um, I I went with a non-rookie because I'm like, I mean, I like, I mean, somebody, somebody who just, can't they can't like I mean we were talking about like this like segment like like hey here's a good idea for a segment let's do rookies and I'm like Sam Howell uh, <laughs> <Well>, <laughs> I get it yeah uh, Sam Howell I mean might, might as well be a rookie honestly like you know had played what I think one week last week last year um, I'm gonna say that he is most likely to Rosencopter across the goal line Ooh. for a division winning week 17 rushing touchdown uh, and the reason this is sort of like a totally convoluted way of saying I think Sam Howell. He is a crazy runner. Like for his size, the way that he runs is literally insane. Um, he has no fear when he gets out and runs, and he's willing to to use his legs. I think he's going to use his legs way more than people expect him to this season. I think he'll play the whole year, and I think if he can stay healthy, that he will really surprise some people and give Washington a chance in this division. That's sort of the the convoluted way. You have a more interesting one on an actual rookie, though, Katie. Uh, well, I don't know if it's more interesting, but uh, B. John Robinson, I'm saying that he is most likely to be RB1 in your fantasy draft this year, which, which would, of course, put him above Christian McCaffrey. So I actually uh, agree with you. And look, the, the B. John Robinson hype train has like left the station. I mean, it is <laughs> so far down the track um, at this one. He earned a 70 rushing grade. Um, he, I think they've given him, what, like over 70% of the snaps with Ritter and, you know, and the first team offense his preseason games have just been absolutely crazy he's explosive he's got those one-handed catches that he can do his, his rushing prop is like 1150 or something yeah. that is wild for a rookie well, and he's yeah he's one of the favorites even to have the most rushing yards in the entire season and he's only 21 years old one thing with these running backs when you look at the top people they've they've come from injuries and they're a little bit older so I actually think that this guy is, you know, could be your number one, could be top five uh, in your fantasy picks. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, take a quick break here, guys. And when we get back, we will actually get into some week three preseason bets and a couple of futures. Watch and pick six. We'll be right back. Fight for something. First play of the game. Look at the last play of the game. One, two, three. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean outrageous. Just search 
The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats. All right, welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. We got Mox, Brinson, Emery Hunt, and Alex Selznick. Uh, the Czar of the Playbook and Prop Stars. All right, let's just kind of rapid fire through these week three preseason bets. Emery, you've got what, three bets for us? I have three, and uh, two are in the NFL. One, obviously, is in the CFL you because that's just what I do. Yeah. I love it. It's fa- you guys, as much as people love passing the ball in this country, I'm surprised the CFL isn't a big thing in the United States. It is it weird. It should be more. A lot of people just like to lie online. So <laughs> I digress. I will go with the Chargers plus seven and a half against San Francisco. Um, I, I like the Chargers makeup. First of all, they are probably one of the only NFL teams that subscribe to the football game plan draft guide because they've drafted four of my top rated prospects over the last two draft classes. So I really? love what they have done in the draft. My number one guard, Jordan McFadden. My number one inside linebacker, Deion Henley. My number one slot corner, Asante Samuel Jr. My number two pass rusher, Ntuitu Pilatu out of USC. Another highly top 10 pass rusher I had in uh Andrew Farmer out of Lane College. They have him on their roster. So they took my number one guard in 2021 in Zion Johnson. I am a big fan of what the Chargers have done personnel-wise because I feel like I built their team. But in this <laughs> ball game, I love the, I love the depth here. <laughs> I love the depth Emory here. Telesco. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. So I think they could knock out San Francisco, especially we don't know what we're going to get from Trey Lance now that all of this news is why, – why does this news have to break? Before a game, yeah, and maybe it's psychological that the coaches do. Like, I'm that's a good point. Respond. Yeah, you know, this is what they're saying about you. Go out there and prove them wrong. So mm-hmm. we could get a great game. Which that means I think the game will be close. So I like the Chargers plus the points here. Seven and a half is too much. Cardinals. Obviously, this was before they traded Isaiah Simmons to the Giants. But I like how they compete. They compete hard in these preseason games. Sands last week they got blown out. But I do think the Vikings are in trouble this year in the NFC North. I know you can't take too much from preseason, but their backup quarterback situation is questionable at best. I feel like this is an opportunity for the Cardinals to get themselves a win. And in the CFL tonight, Hmm. or maybe this week, I can't remember which one it is. I'll have an article coming out um, after we're done with this podcast. I'll tweet it out and post it on Sportsline. But I like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers minus eight and a half. And I think this line has jumped up even more to 10 points. I like this. Last week, they got out of, uh, you know, Dodge Alive on a pick six against Calgary that gave them the 19-18 win. Um, this, is a, this is a team that has the best defense in the CFL, a rotation of pass rushers, and they're getting their starting quarterback who is right there with Chad Kelly for most outstanding player award in the CFL and Zach Calero. So when you factor in, factor in all of these aspects, they're going to beat the doors off of their opponent this weekend lay the eight and a half or 10 mm. if it's up there now with the winnipeg blue bombers they're steamrolling toward which should have been their fourth fourth straight great cup you know they lost last year to toronto ironically yeah, if you like uh, Emery's CFL plays, make sure you sign up to sportsline.com. You can use the promo code TROPHY to get your very first month for just $1. Uh, I've got two bets for this weekend. First, I'm taking the Bills and uh, laying the three points versus the Bears. And this mostly have to, has to do with all of the injury concerns that are going on in Chicago right now, specifically with their O-line for 
of their six O-linemen missed practice yesterday. So they're unlikely, I would think, to play this close to the start of the season. And then if if you don't have your, your good guys out there, I can't imagine that Justin Fields is going to spend a lot of time out on the field today and risk him getting hurt behind these backups. I also think it's a good uh, get-back spot for Buffalo. They really didn't play well against the Steelers. I feel like they've got some kinks they got to work out. Maybe they want to clean up on some penalties, whereas Chicago just needs to stay healthy. So I'm going to go ahead um, and lay those three points with um, with the Bills there. And then also Steelers versus Falcons going chalk again. Steelers minus four and a half. I think a lot of the starters are unlikely to play in this matchup. Tomlin said he's going to keep his starters out until we have a level of satisfaction on both sides of the ball, which doesn't seem too good um, for the Falcons. Also, when you look at the quarterback depth, I mean, the Steelers, of course, have the edge here. We got Trubisky and Rudolph, who are going to still be competing for that number two spot. You really just don't see that on the other side. Um, with the Falcons, Steelers also scored 27 in each of their first preseason games. And you have this quarterback battle going. I actually like the over in this game um, as well. And we do know that Tomlin, like Harbaugh, takes preseason games uh, more seriously. He's 13 and three. So I'm going to go ahead and lay that four and a half with the Steelers. All right. So that would be my turn to set up Alex. Yes. Um, uh, Alex, what uh, what do you have in the preseason action? I was I was actually perusing DraftKings trying to – betting on the preseason is freaking hard, man. Yeah. It like, is. Like, like, I mean, betting on the NFL is hard in the first place, right? Because you're – yeah, it's it, the lines are just really tight. The markets are very efficient. But like, I can look at a spread and say, okay, I know exactly. You know I, I, know, I know who's playing. Yeah, these preseason spreads. I'm like, I'm like going back and checking like week 20, 2022, week two, and all this stuff. Uh, anyway, Alex, I got a couple. But Alex, what do you got first? Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Brinson. That's why I stick to what I'm good at, which is NFL futures. Uh, I have not given any of these picks out anywhere. Uh, They're largely influenced by some preseason action as well. But you heard Emery talking about them in the last segment. I'm going to go Jameer Gibbs to lead the NFC North in rushing yards. You can find that at 12 to 1 odds. In addition to the potentially being the offensive rookie of the year, I am all in on Gibbs's hype train. Uh, he has started and played every snap in week one of the preseason. That was all the Lions needed to see. Since 12 to 1? 12 to 1 for offensive rookie of the year. And the NFC North, the lead in rushing yards, he's 10 to 1. Okay. Wow. Or no, excuse That's me, he's 12 to 1. Like he's 12 to 1. 12 to 1. I guess yeah, you got 12. Fields and Madison and Jones. Dillard. You got Fields and Madison. So you've got the you've got, Fields a, uh, got the Fields in that division. You just got Fields. Fields. You got Fields in that division, but obviously there's injury risk there. You've got Green Bay who have a committee, and then the rest of the Chicago backs are in some form of timeshare with Dante Foreman, uh, Khalil Herbert. So, yeah, I love this. I think this opportunity is going to be there. Obviously, we know Detroit has a great run-blocking offensive line. I am not worried about David Montgomery either. 3.9 career yards per carry. I really think he's just going to be there to spell Gibbs. I think it's his backfield. I think he's going to get the bulk and the lion's share of the touches there, pun intended. So, yeah, I love his chances there. Another future that I love, Brinson, I know you love a lottery ticket. This is a lottery ticket. We're going to go Kenny Gainwell to lead the NFC East in rushing yards at 200 to 1 odds. 200 to one odds. Excellent, uh, is. <laughs> 200 to one odds on DraftKings. Uh, this is this is this is not this this price is a misprint in my opinion. It should be somewhere like 50 to one odds or even lower than that. Uh, he is likely going to be the featured 
early down runner for this Eagles team. Obviously, they signed Rashad Penny. They acquired DeAndre Swift. But all of the tea leaves, all of the reports out of Philadelphia have all suggested that they are much more comfortable with Kenny Gainwell. In the first two preseason games, he was starting. He was on the field in the first quarter for those games. They seem He's also uh, a Nick Sirianni favorite, one of his first draft picks as well. So I think Gainwell is going to end up leading that team in rushing attempts to get him at 200 to one odds, in my opinion, is insane value. So that's the spot I absolutely love. And then last but not least, I'm actually shocked that this pick is still up on the board right now. It's DJ Chark under 675 and a half receiving yards. One of the more injury riddled players in the NFL. He's already just got hurt. I thought this would get taken off the board. I've heard reports suggesting that it's going to potentially at the very least limit him early in the season. He could potentially miss time as well from this hamstring injury. You obviously never want to have a soft tissue injury heading into the season as well when you're a wide receiver that's relying on cutting and uh, verticality. So I think it's a great spot to fade him. We've also seen just the Carolina offensive line has looked absolutely dismal. Uh, It's going to need time for Chark, who runs a lot of those routes deep down the field. It's going to take time for those routes to develop. And that offensive line has just given up a ton of pressure in the preseason. So I don't think he's going to be on the field that much when he is. I have some major question marks regarding his productivity. I think 700 yards is a huge ask. He's been in the league five years. He's already missed almost two and a half seasons worth of games. Uh, He's only eclipsed 700 yards once out of his five-year career as well. And as I mentioned already, dealing with an injury so great spot in my opinion to fade dj chark under 675 for the season i like it um emory you did it looked like somebody cracked a rotten egg open in your office when, when yeah, you said, well, it, it, <laughs> i was getting ready to say prop stars was was president after his fantastic analysis about Jameer Gibbs because I wholeheartedly agree. I was ready to say, let's end the show. I was about to hit end on the, on the stream and like we done here. Then you went outside the box with your t- take on Kenneth Gainwell. And, Kenny and Gainwell, this, like, my guy. And in this, in this backfield, that would be a, a miscarriage of justice in terms of acquiring assets to then give it to a guy that was already on your roster, you know, to go and get Swift, to go and get Rashad, Rashad Penny, Penny, yeah. you know, and so and I like game. Well, I was saying last year, game was better than Miles Sanders. But in this situation, prop star, I, I listen, man. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Like, I will send you a strongly worded text. Message. <laughs> 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 but I agree with you wholeheartedly you about game. Rhetoric. At two hundred to one, Emery, I'm a sucker for value. I like a lottery ticket. What hey, can you I can, say? You can talk me into about it's just about any two hundred to one bet. Like, ah, let's go. Who knows? If it hits, it's fun. Uh, I got two quick preseason bets. Um, I will go with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars minus six and a half against the Miami Dolphins. Um, just a, a week three preseason game. Doug Peterson's had his guys out there. Uh, I think you will see them. Uh, what, what, he hasn't had his starters out. He's been very adamant about wants to play the younger guys or play the guys in the back end of the roster. And these guys are all getting legitimate chances to compete. The Jaguars are 2-0 in the preseason uh, and, and won in a blowout last week. And I think the uh, Dolphins will be a little concerned about um, in- injury situations. And so I will take the Jags minus 6.5. I will also take the Ravens. Plus one and a half. But they went 24 straight. And you're telling me Harbaugh's yes. not going to fire up the streak yes. again? And I get yes. him as a dog? Give yes. it, give me the Ravens to win outright. And, um, you know, we'll tail, uh, Emery loves a good parlay. So we'll, uh, we'll tail Emery and, um, and go with the Cardinals and Ravens money line parlay. 
But right. Crosshairs didn't like that. He disappeared. After I know, he did. He, 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 he disappeared. Not. He hated. He was so. He was so. He was so sad that Emery's going to send him a strongly worded text and he left. <laughs> um, yeah, or maybe maybe he had his cat attack him. Uh, either way, <laughs> those are my two bets for the preseason. I like it. All right, that's going to wrap up our show today. Uh, Prop stars, thanks for joining us today, Emery. Of, uh, we always love you on this show, of course. Thank you for joining us. And Brinson, uh, you know, you're, you're the best. You're the Bueller slash, um, what's the Cameron. other thing that we called? I can't remember what your other superlative was. I'll have to think about that. But uh, anyways. Yeah, most likely, most likely to come up with, most likely to derail a podcast. Well, yeah, that is, that is it. All right, most, and well, and you just, well, I guess you did, I derailed it at this point. Okay. Make sure that you join us all week long for more preseason coverage. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page for everyone listening to the audio version only. Download, follow, leave a five-star review. Tell your friends to listen and watch the pod, and we will see you next week. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever, and this time it's every competitor for themselves. The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.